Hey, welcome to Praying the Psalms, the daily podcast from Doxa Church in Madison, Wisconsin. As the church finds itself isolated from one another physically, we are reading, studying, and praying the Psalms together each morning as a way to join ourselves together spiritually. We're trying to slow down, get a bigger picture of God and a clearer picture of ourselves, of ourselves, but most of all, we're trying to join ourselves together around the throne of the one who's joined himself to us. So if you haven't already, pull out a Bible and spend some time in the Psalm for today, Psalm 108. Psalm 108 is a prayer for deliverance. It's likely a psalm that David prayed and sung the morning before he was going to go face some kind of battle, and not a metaphorical battle, but a real one with real enemies that are even kind of listed in the psalm. There's kind of territories and and specific people listed. It seems like this was a specific prayer for like a real battle that David's going out to fight. But I think there's something universal that we can learn from this psalm, like the heart of the psalm, and it's teaching us something about prayer, right? What do we do when we have a battle in front of us or some hill to climb, some enemy that is out there in front of us? How do we pray? How do we live? How do we think? And and I think that what this psalm is doing is it's teaching us to be people that pray in three ways. So we'd pray with praise and worship. We'd pray with faith and pray with this kind of radical dependence on God. And so the first thing is just, it's a, it's a prayer of praise, right? He wakes up in the morning and he just says, I will sing and I will make melody with all of my being. This is such an interesting way to respond to crisis or, or confusion or uncertainty, right? Like you have a battle in front of you. You don't know what the outcome is going to be, or at least you don't think you know what the outcome is going to be. And so what the psalmist does is he wakes up and he sings. And he says, he sings so loudly that my voice isn't enough. My being isn't enough. So he calls for instruments to kind of join him in his praise of God. Wake up harp, wake up lyre. My praise and my voice will awaken the dawn itself. And not just the dawn, but it's going to reverberate around my camp. And it will go even further. And I will sing praises to you among the nations. So the psalmist is just like waking up and he's saying, my life is going to be this kind of life that like reverberates praise for the glory of God out from me wherever I am. And as I was thinking about this psalm this morning, I was trying to think of whether my life of praise sounds anything like the psalmist's. Because as the sun starts to wake the camp and right, and eyes start to stir, they, they aren't awakened by the light of the sun, but they're actually first awakened by the sound of the king singing and praying and praising God for the victory that he is sure he will give them later that day. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking, I want my family to wake up to this. Maybe not literally to me singing downstairs in my basement, right? Maybe not literally that, but I want my praise of God, my faith in him and what he's going to do for our family, how he's leading us. I want that to be the defining reality for those who wake up around me each morning, right? Whether it's my family or my neighbors, I I want the thing that's kind of reverberating out from my life every morning to be this confident praise in God, who he is, what he's like, what he's done, but also what he's about to do. Because that's what's so powerful about this psalm, at least for me, is how much faith David has in it. Because he's praising God for a victory and a deliverance 
that hasn't actually happened yet, right? He's, this is something that's coming in the future. He's, he's praying for a deliverance, but he's praying with this kind of faith, knowing it's going to happen. And I've been reading Daniel this week, and it's a really interesting book. There's this moment in the story of, of Daniel, the book of Daniel, where the Jewish people have been hauled off into captivity. And it's Daniel and some of his, his friends who are these Jewish, these people of God, kind of in this foreign land. And King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon at this time, he has a dream and he has this vision. And it's so disturbing to him that he like needs to know what it means. And so he gathers kind of all the wise men, all the magicians, kind of all the, you know, the, the people who might be able to interpret this dream for him. And he gathers them together and he just says, I need you to tell me what the dream was, first of all. So I know you have some kind of like, you know, magical ability to read minds. So I need you to tell me what the dream was. Then I need you to interpret the dream. And all the magicians and wise men are like, uh, king, there's no one on earth that can do this, right? <laughs> like you're asking for something that's impossible. Just tell us the dream. We'll try to help you out. And he goes, no, no, no. I need you to tell me what the dream even was. And so he gets super frustrated. He's about to destroy all the magicians and all the wise men. And he sends out this decree. Uh, any wise men, any magician, you're going to be killed. And he's about to kill all these people when Daniel, God's servant, steps in. And Daniel sends a message to the king. And this is what he says. He says, I will meet with you. I will tell you what the dream was and I will tell you what it means. And then in the very next verse, he gathers his Jewish friends together and he goes, we have to get on our face and we have to pray. We need to seek mercy from God concerning this mystery so that we might not be destroyed. And I just remember being so struck by this and honestly amazed by it. What a man of faith. He's saying, I will do this. I will put my life on the line and then you go back into your closet and you pray for God to show up. What a life of faith. And in the end, God does show up. And God also showed up for David too. We actually read in 2 Samuel that David did subdue the nations that he's talking about. And one of the things this psalm teaches us to do is to pray in faith. God's people are meant to pray with faith and a kind of confidence knowing the kind of God we pray to. God, he, you know, he says this, he says, God has promised in his holiness. He says, I will divide up Shechem and portion out the valley of Succoth. He says, Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, and then Ephraim is my helmet, and Judah is like my sword. But the other nations, our enemies, he says they are like his wash basin, right? They're so insignificant and so beneath him that it's like he throws his shoes at them. Like the way, you know, the way you would deal with your bathroom floor. That's how kind of insignificant and beneath God these powers and authorities are. They're, they're totally insignificant compared to the power of God that goes before us. So it's a prayer of praise. It's a prayer of faith. But it's also a prayer of dependence. Because look how he ends this psalm. He, he says, grant us help against our foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. One of the things that this psalm is highlighting is that there are two kinds of confidence you can have. Confidence in prayer, but also confidence in your life. And one is a kind of self-confidence. It's confidence in our gifts and our abilities or maybe even our grit or our will to accomplish something. And you can be a very confident person this way. 
but you can never be as confident as David is in this prayer. <laughs> you can only have that kind of confidence up to a certain point. And even the, even the level of confidence you have, the greater your self-confidence grows, actually the less humble you will be, the more arrogant you will be, and the less dependent you will be. But then there's God confidence. And that's the kind of confidence David has in this prayer. It's a confidence that God is powerful and in control. And the battle that we are fighting is the one where we know he's on our side. And it's this confidence that our victory is assured because ultimately he is the one fighting the battle. And this is a prayer of confident dependence. And it's the reason that David can wake up the dawn praising God for his victory in battle. It's because he's actually taken his eyes off of his army and his skills and his power and he has placed them on the power of God, the one who goes before him. And one of the things we're learning in this prayer, and I think that I've been learning even this week in Daniel or just reading through Psalm 108, is that insecurity is not the mark of humility, but confidence is. Right? But it's this kind of unshakable confidence in the power of God who goes before us, not this kind of you know, boisterous, kind of shaky self-confidence in us. And so the, the question this morning is, what is the hill that lies before you? And, and what is the battle or the enemy before you? And we can, we can almost always think of this, right? Maybe it's something today or something later this year, just something that lies in front of us that we feel like we are, we are trying to fight this battle. And the psalm is teaching us to take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on the one who goes before us. And to be the kind of people of faith who praise him for victory now in full assurance and faith that he will go before us and fight our battles for us. Confidence not because of anything in us, but confidence because of the steadfast love of God for his people. So let's pray like that this morning. Father, in all of our lives, there are things that are in front of us that feel scary. They feel confusing. They feel unknown. It feels like we don't know what's going to happen. And God, when we put our eyes on ourselves, we are filled with insecurity and fear. And we don't have any confidence at all. <laughs> at least, God, I feel that way. I feel so afraid for my future and the things that are coming my way when I put my eyes on myself. But God, when I take my eyes off of me and I put them on you, what you did on the cross, the things you promised, your power, God, I gain confidence to step forward in life with full assurance that you're going you're gonna to do it. God, that you're calling us forward not to lose the battle, but you're calling us forward because you've already gone before us and you go before us even today. So God, would you give us that kind of confidence, this dependent, faith-filled confidence that we would be able to be the kind of people that wake up in the morning and are so filled with praise, this confident praise that we can awaken the dawn. In your name, amen.